Today's episode is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a free premium 30-day trial by using the URL GameflyOffer.com slash RPGamer. Thanks. I'm Commander Ship, and this is my favorite podcast on the internet. Welcome to the Active Topical Banter Show, RP Gamers Editorial Roundtable Podcast. I am Scott Walker, and joining me for this recording, in no particular order... I'm Sam, I'm cold right now. <laughs> I am Michael Cunningham, and I am in no way ninja-related. <laughs> I'm Trent, and I just bought my fourth Vita. Hi, Trent. Um, we can understand your problem, uh, we're here to help, but the first step is admitting that you bought four goddamn Vitas. I did buy four goddamn Vitas. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself. I'm a little proud of myself. I'm I really proud. Li- I really like the color of this new Vita. <laughs> I am so proud. I am beyond proud. I am the proudest. You're a proud papa. <laughs> he, he, yep. is, he is just the happy RP Gamer Daddy, seeing all his little RP Gamer babies all buying Vitas. slim Vitas <sighs> from Japan in funky colors. I'm yeah, yeah. Material. Was a surprisingly simple process. I would suggest more North American gamers do it because you get mainly because it sounds like they have to because can't find them in stores. Yeah, anymore. yeah, that's that's another truism. I I went to a Best Buy, a Walmart, uh, the Canadian version of GameStop, um, our local small game stores, our local pawn shops. I couldn't find a single Vita in my entire city, and, and that's why Canada I bought one. Also from has none. Has none. Well. Well, and you can find them on on eBay, like new. You can find them on eBay mm-hmm. from like Canadian and American resellers, but they're like two forty plus tax for the base model, right? Which yeah. seems kind of ridiculous. I think I think it seems kind of ridiculous. Mm. I bought this one from Japan for a hundred and sixty Canadian. So nice. I'm looking. Happy. I'm looking at two fifteen for an orange one right now. I could use a second one. Also, the orange. neon orange. 208 for the aqua blue. Okay, you know, we need to appreciate system colors more often, I think. No kidding. Well, we I, think, I, I think that I've is definitively... I have always been upset that the spice-colored GameCube never came to North America. Weirdly enough, Can this I just is, say that? Weirdly enough, I'm going to say that this is actually relevant, but I feel like the really cool colors are strictly the province of portables. I mean, Atomic Purple N64 aside, I'm, I'm not going to uh. say... That. But but then but then you, you you had the see-through purple Game Boy colors too, right? Yeah, like lime lime green yep. Game Boy colors. I had a purple mm. Game Boy color. Well, the Game Boy color well, launched in six colors, didn't it? Yes, it did. You got you could get a teal, purple, the standard gray, blue, blue, black. D- can you can we just take a second yellow. to appreciate? Yellow was the how, other one. That's right. Was how the how one. primitive no, the portable games we used to play are. Portables take are a nice second colors. to do what? 
just sit back and recall the Game Boy Color as being the zenith of shit you could put you know in your what? pocket. I was very sad, like, with all the PSP colors. I remember when we used to go to Pacific Mall, I'd be like, man, look at that hot blue PSP. And I couldn't get it because they uh, were really expensive at P-Mall. Well, also, Japan always gets one full-on Char Asnable custom portable. There was a pink one. I remember being so mad that I couldn't get it. And I mean, not just, like, red. I mean, properly Char custom with, like, the A with the eagle perched on yeah. it. Like, Well, I, I think in Japan, like, PSPs and PS Vitas... And and the new 3DSs too, I guess, have been seen kind of like a fashion item. Everyone has them. It's like I, wherever you travel in 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 Japan, people have these handheld devices with them, right? So I Maybe get not, it. Yeah, I mean that's where they're definitely more prominent, or at least they were. And even the special editions that you see on a lot of systems, they'll come to Japan and not here. Even on consoles, are still the same way. We'll North get... America, Sony North America has no lasers. No uh, lasers. Because <laughs> Sony Japan just is handing out laser-edged PS4s like no no one's business. Scott, remember when there was that beautiful white Yakuza one? Yeah, and I with the laser etching! And I screamed at you that I wanted it so badly. <laughs> and you were like, you don't need it. And I was like, yes, I do. I must have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we better keep going or I'm going to end up buying an orange Vita on this podcast while we're don't, here. Don't buy the orange Vita. Uh, or alternatively, uh, if you spend enough at uh, on the buy San the fan, if you spend enough on the San Marcello fan club, $9.95, you, you will buy, Mac, a bright orange Vita. Yes. One yes, for the bath, one for each bathroom in his house. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Nintendo systems, you can like share content between these, but I think you can only have two, so I'd have to deactivate the Vita TV, which I never use anyway, so I could do that. But that's talking about consoles, aren't we? Yeah, so this is what we're talking about. So uh, we are talking about... kind of on topic. (laughs) It's a long road. It's a long (laughs) trip. We're getting there. And what we are talking about today is the business of the mid-cycle upgrade. Which is this idea that halfway through a console lifespan, you can just sell a slightly new one, a slightly different one, and see what shakes out of it. And I think, and I'm going to say this comes down to two flavors, and we'll get into flavor A first because it's pretty mild, which is, I'm going to call the slim. And then (laughs) there's flavor B, which is the strap this nonsense to your machine and pay more for it. But before we get into flavor A and flavor B, I want to point out before someone well actuallys me, or I'm going to well actually myself, proving that I am alpha nerd of this business. Oh dear. Is that the truest first uh, mid-cycle hardware upgrade is not actually hardware. It's the Super FX chip. That, I'm going to say, is the first of these, where all of a sudden your copy of Star Fox costs $100, because half of... Um, the actual hardware is in the cartridge, not the machine. And okay. you, were, that could, you were paying for it that way, but yeah, it wasn't like you were having to go out and replace think, your console. But you had to buy it every time, and that was this That's weird true. thing, like because it was the same case for uh, Super Mario RPG, right? <clears throat> there were a couple Super FX chips games that I remember, but I'm saying, but, is, but but what I'm saying is that. That is a weird artifact of the cartridge era that we will probably never see again. 
good riddance. Well, especially considering that most everything's on discs or small, tiny cartridges like, now. Like They're not solid the state readables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was, was well. I mean, in a sense, couldn't you say like those Game Boy Color games with like vibration functions were pretty similar, though? Oh yeah, that was that was a hardware. Those element. chips were only it. It was like a, a slight modification to like the hardware of the game cartridge essentially yeah like that's all it was it wasn't like a system update per se well there was also the n64 expansion pack which was what like a ram brick i think that was a ram brick in a thing yeah in the controller but you can also look at like the sega genesis that had the 32x and the sega cd flavor b that is flavor b are those mid-cycle updates, or are they technically kind of new systems? Because well, they had their own games, right? That's 32X true. is its own weird beast, which we will get to, because well, it's kind of messy. Well, again, Flavor B, like, I think, is going to become when, like, a more relevant, shockingly soon. Thanks, Sony. No, but when people talk about Sonic CD, like, excusing the title, they don't see it as, like, a Genesis game. They see it definitively as a Sega CD game, right? Yeah. Right. And it's weird, because there was very few options to buy. Like I think the Sega CDX is the only one that had it all together. So you had to have a Genesis first and then physically add on the Sega CD to it. And unless you bought, you know, the Sega CDX, I think it was called the CDX, correct? Yeah. Uh, At least in North America, I'm sure it had a weird name in the UK. I feel like but, Sega, though, for what they were doing, it, that was its own monstrosity. Let's well, be realistic yeah. here. But I think I, th- I think it's presaging some things that are happening right now. That's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Or even slightly less right now. But You I, know what? I, I, if I can just touch on what Sam said, I think history kind of decides the victors when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to these kind of things, and the only reason why we don't see more of what Sega attempted with the Genesis is because it just didn't work, right? Yeah. I think in a, a different environment, the same kind of decision to to create these add-ons, these hardware modifications for a console that's already been released can be really successful. And I think, Scott, you, you mentioned the expansion pack for the N64. In a sense, that's kind of exactly what it was, right? Yeah, I mean, that was that was... That was by no means a 32X, but I think the expansion pack was this weird stopgap against just limitations of, you know, Nintendo hit the, the limitations of the 64 pretty fast, and they didn't have as functional a workaround um, on the software side or even just straight up coding to really work up to, to really exceed it. So they literally just came up with a way to add RAM into your controller yeah, and it's the true. It's kind of Go clever ahead, if you think about it. That is really clever and kind of ridiculous. <laughs> which Definitely. is which is Nintendo's model. It, it's their official motto. Really clever, kind of ridiculous. It's on a. It's it's written in proper calligraphy right when you walk in the door. <laughs> What I think is hilarious is that the true precursor that I see to what's going on right now with, you know, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One Scorpio system is that the Game Boy was the first one that really did this because there was a time that everything was changing over and you would get new hardware that really wouldn't do much else. It was just you could still play all the old stuff on there. It was still a Game Boy. You know, the Game are you, Boy Advance, Are you talking the Game about SD. the Game Boy Pocket? No, I'm talking. I mean, yes and no. You know, you have the I, game. I th- game no, I I think you hit the nail advanced. on the head. 
Yeah. Like, it, I would say you hit the nail on the head because this just screams the Game Boy Pocket. The Game Boy Pocket is exactly what it sounds like. It's a Game Boy that fits more comfortably in your pocket. There's no backlight. There are no uh, more sprite capabilities. There's no color. It's just a tinier version of a once bulky Game Boy. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, like a slimline slim. model. You know, well, yeah. and, and that's the, and that's flavor A is I want to yeah. talk about I, I called it the slim just because and I, I guess maybe the pockets the better example. But even say like the NES uh, top loader or the Genesis 2 where they were just a little bit smaller, a little bit cleaner. Um, when you talk about the Xbox 360 S uh, or whatever that one was. Well, look at the PS2 slim. Oh, the PS2 slim. Difference. Um, even the original PSX when they made the really small version of it. Yeah, and and just generally that sort of like, hey, the hardware has gotten cheaper and a little more efficient. Let's put a new case around it to make it work. Yeah. And I mean, something I actually want to point out that's unique to the, recently is the Xbox One S moved the power supply into the machine while still being smaller. And uh, I don't know what you... If, I don't think goodness. anyone else here has bought a Microsoft console. The PSU uh, is a literal brick, uh, except yeah. it weighs as much as two bricks. And it wait, sits... wait. You're saying, you're saying the box that's normally on the cable itself is inside the console? Yes, that that is... Like, the... like, like with the original Xbox, didn't the original Xbox have like a whole bunch of fire issues with its original cable set? Yes. Oh my f***. Yeah. <laughs> It's almost like PSUs have gotten really great lately, Ugh. and um, no one, no one's really acknowledged that. I'll give the because Xbox your phone one catches S. fire in your pants. Well, yeah, the Xbox One S is a much nicer piece of hardware. I never owned the original Xbox One, but I did get a good deal on an Xbox One S last year, and picked one up. And it is so quiet and so like. I, I still hate the user interface, but the system yeah. itself is much quieter, much smaller, and that power brick is gone, so that's nice. Or at least, it, you know, it's not laying out anymore. Like, like you don't have to make extra room on your cabinet for that specifically. And I think exactly. flavor A, as a rule, is a good idea because it represents you getting about halfway through the machine's lifespan, realizing that everything's... You can do everything with the hardware you can and make it smaller. And it also reflects a drop in price. So now you've got something <laughs> that people who had... Now you've got something you can jump on for a lot of people in, you know, more conservative financial situations. And it's a really good advertising point that, hey, it's for everyone now. Not just yeah. us early adopter creepmos. I mean... PlayStation has done that with every one of their systems. The original PS1 had the smaller uh, PSX. I can't remember if they called it the PSX or yeah, not, they, but it was a PSX. much smaller initial. They did call it the PSX, yeah. and that thing looked so cool. I'm going to yeah, say that. My, it's no, like a no, little bubble. No, 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 no. It was the PSX, and then when they re-released it in a smaller model, it was the PS1. Right. Oh, okay, so yeah. in reverse of what I had. But regardless of the naming... We all know how much smaller that thing was. And like the PS3, they had three versions of... They had the Slim and the Super Slim of the PS3, too. So I don't know which one we have, actually, come to think. Because I know our roommate has a first-gen beast thing. Uh, I think ours is the Slim. The Slim? Okay. I can't remember. the Super Slim came out basically the same day as the PS4, just to be like, oh, yeah. Okay. 
Okay. It was much later in the game. I had to think about that. I'm like, hers is slim, but I don't know how slim it is. Yeah. I gotta feel it up and Sweet. figure it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a pervert. And of I'm course, sorry. there's a decent chance that these will come in all sorts of crazy colors. Bringing them back around. Bookends. Yeah. In a lot of cases, they didn't, though. Like, the, I guess the PS3 Super Slim, they just kind of crap that one out i think i've seen like a, a red one there is a red I, one. I, I, pictures of one i've never seen one in well, person though. i don't think sony was big on doing the other colors it's funny because xbox well, on ps4 they're on ps4 they're, they're really happy with occasionally doing a white one in cool colors yeah. or doing something with uh that panel that slides off for your hard drive and making that customized mm-hmm. Wow. Like a quick Google search is showing me a lot of different colors of the PS3 Super Slim that I did not know existed. It's all I, Japan exclusive. I just actually always remembered the Xbox 360 having more color choice because I remember there being like a blue one. There was a red one for Gears of War that was actually really pretty, even though it's Gears of War. Um, there was a couple other colors. I know there was like you get the white and black and, and then you could get the cool face plates. I remember because there was a Tales of Vesperia faceplate. <laughs> Which I wanted. It, it's just a beta for the PS3 face faceplate. True. Man, I still want that Yakuza one. I'm like really sad right now. <laughs> That's all how I'm many of about. you? How many of you all have gone out and bought a slimmer model of a console, not a handheld, of a console without the other one like having died? I, like, I, I, I got a, I I got a 360 die. My PS3 died. Yeah, I, I definitely did. But in my defense, I, every every iteration of the PSP, I think, was an improvement. I did, actually. PS3 or PSP? PSP. I'm asking about consoles. I actually have, and I'll tell you Just what console. I did. Just consoles? Yeah, because it's easy to do for handhelds. I can say, you know, getting something smaller. I'd like to hear what Sam has to say. Why did you buy a console without your previous console having died? Yeah, explain so, the PS2 Slim that you own. Because oh, what ended up happening was when Scott and I were first dating, um, he really wanted to play Persona 3. And so I gave him my brick PS2. First gen still hasn't first died. First gen still hasn't died. It still works really well. It won't play DVDs anymore. That's the only thing we figured out about it. Yeah. But it will still play PS2 games. Um, and I managed to get the Slim PS2 for myself at $50. So... $50, and at the time we weren't living together, so I was pretty content so you got it to give as a that. secondary system, correct? Basically. Yeah. I, I was still I was playing stuff it. on it. It was just yeah. me being a nice girlfriend at the time, being like, here, you can play Persona 3. I'm <laughs> going to play Persona 4. <laughs> See, I agree with what, what Trent was saying. On handhelds, it's easy because when you get smaller, it's more portable, easier to take with you. What I was curious about is if anybody had just said, well, you know what, this console sitting in my TV shelf is not small enough. I need a smaller one. Mine currently well, works. I'm well, just going to get rid of this. I, I will tell the story is I had fully settled on buying an Xbox 360 Slim because mm-hmm. my old 360 had sort of hit, basically hit the upper limit on the hard drive. It, I had a 60 gig hard drive it was getting kind of full didn't feel like really cannibalizing the memory because it was all save games i for things i liked and rock band songs mostly and i was sitting there going okay you know what i'm gonna put aside a couple of paychecks and i'm just gonna get a slim with you know the 120 
if I can mm-hmm. find or, or a two fifty if I can find a good deal on a two fifty. And then I started putting the pennies in the jar, and then the, the three sixty died. Yeah, okay. And believe it or not, he's he actually never bought the damn thing because his mother in law was like, "Oh my god, your console's broken! I'm going to buy it for you." <laughs> my mom was kinda, weird like that. <laughs> what you kind of said though kind of makes it sound more like part you know, like flavor two, because it had more capacity. Yes. I know it's not necessarily the same thing, but there's, you know, there's the slim, there's the technical upgrade, and then there's more storage well, space. Well, that, I think that's more relevant in flavor A now, where it's just, hey, that like, okay, may, more so on Microsoft's side, because you're dependent on them for hard drives. Like, if mm-hmm. Sam wants a bigger hard drive for her PS3, I will just go to computer store and buy one. It uses a standard size dock. Well, just to go back around to what I was saying about the PS2, um, in the case of portability, um, when my parents had a cottage, I used to bring my PS2 like all the time to my cottage. And it got to the point also where when I bought that slim one, it was like, you know what? If I go to the cottage, I don't have to carry this brick in my backpack (laughs) every freaking time I go to the cottage. And like I said, my my brick still works, which I'm still baffled by to this day mm-hmm. like i've always had really good luck with the sony systems i've never had to replace one on death mm-hmm. not once which i know a lot of people are like oh man like my ps3 died or you know my my ps2 died and i can actually say i have never had that happen i've never actually had a console die on me like i even remember okay. watching scott's 360 die like it got to the stage where we just kept getting the red rings and we couldn't play rock band anymore and we were kind of heartbroken so gotcha roundabout hmm. way of answering your question okay now i was curious i know trent just recently got a slimmer handheld and i was wondering <laughs> no, i was just curious too as far as what you were saying about the psp and everything else too what you thought about just getting smaller versions of handhelds then what i thought about it yeah um well i I don't know. I, I think the nice thing about the changes in the PSP iterations is that you have a, a system that from the get-go is a powerful portable, and there's something nice about its form factor, but it's streamlined down so it's it's lighter, it might be able to run a little bit faster, suddenly you can control the degree of backlighting, you know? It's just, it, it has a better form factor. And then when they revisit it a third time, it's it's like it was friggin' made by whoever designed Darth Vader's costume, you know? <laughs> it's just it's just it's glossy and it's sleek and it's even lighter. And and you see that change to the Vita as well. Whenever Sony's gone back to look at these consoles, they think, how do we make it a little bit better on battery life? How do we make the screen uh, more reasonable cost-wise? You know, how do we how how do we make this console look more visually appealing? And and how how do we make the buttons easier to use? <laughs> well, even just yeah. the go, like Mac, you love your go, and that's because yeah. it is and the not most... because of anything Sony did. No, it's just <laughs> it is the most portable thing ever. On top of the fact that you can rip your games onto the actual system, which mm-hmm. is really handy when you think about it. You can still carry oh, yeah. quite a bit in your hand. The, the, yeah. Doesn't the go have like sixteen gigabytes? Is it usually sixteen? You can expand that out. It has sixteen by default, and you can get a Sony memory card to expand that out to more if you wanted to. And I got, I think I got a thirty-two to go with my sixteen, or maybe a sixty-four to go in there too. It was cheap at the time, and it 
like I said, Sony didn't do anything to make this system for me. They thought, oh, well, PSN's really kicking off. This is the big thing. We're going to make everything all digital, and then not all the PSP games were available digitally, which yeah, sucks. And, like, none of the Final Fantasy games, Kingdom Hearts, nothing. Kingdom Hearts, like, oh my gosh. Hardly anything Square Enix did is available on PSN for PSP. But what was great for me is when they put out the mod, and now it's like a super easy, it's not a hardware modification you have to do. It is simply just a little file that is just in flash memory, and when you turn the system off, you have to restart it each time. And it's it's easy, and it works great. And you can take a prior PSP that I had, do the same thing to it, like I have a PSP 3000, take the games, rip them to PC from my UMD collection, so no piracy. It was a problem because it was really easy to pirate on this system. But it's so easy to just get these off of your own UMD, copy them to the PSP Go, and carry around tons and tons of games that you can just swap between at any time. But yeah. Sony didn't design it that way. They designed it to where you were supposed to get them all digitally and didn't make everything available digitally. But they fixed that on the Vita, making sure everything had to be available digitally. Right. Wasn't there... Wasn't there a period of time where in Japan they did have a hardware way of ripping uh, UMDs to digital files? Wasn't they that were able thing? to do that for PSP to Vita upgrades. Oh. They were able to, you were able to verify that you owned this version of a game, and it, if it was available on PSN, you could download it on PSN for, I think, I can't remember if they charged a fee or not. But there was uh, a way it, to was nom- it was nominal. It was like under 200 yen. Yeah, if they did anything, it was cheap, but I, I don't remember the pricing. I didn't stay with it that much, but I remember that it was that's how you did it, is you would just load that game up onto your Vita or your PSP, verify that you owned it, and then go through an upgrade process where you could get it onto your Vita. And I mean, usability is kind of an interesting issue when we talk about upgrading to, to new hardware. I think, like, the switch over to 360 was a headache only in the sense that I had to dig deep into the xbox product support to find the transfer option that would just not pester me every two minutes about downloaded content oh yeah i remember that that was a bitch well it was it so it's just this was this fiddly little thing where if if you have an account on micros any microsoft machine and you own digital content you're fine but let's say you uh, have two accounts on a new machine and the second account wants to use the new machine and you've got oh i don't know say an expansion pack for some game and then it's gonna be like hey hey you're not the account that owns this expansion pack you're stealing it and then you you just have to and you only get to transfer your licenses to a new machine once a year which is weird i don't know why that rule existed i don't know if it's still there but pain in the ass but that's that's a weird thing about this whole scenario is we do have to start talking about usability and I think um, talking about mid-cycle upgrades we have the new 3DS where you have to sit there and take apart your brand new console so you can have your digital games from the old console. Remember how much fun that was? I already have tiny screwdrivers and I still hated doing that. <laughs> I still love you. Oh, I know you love and appreciate me, <laughs> and I love and appreciate <laughs> tiny screwdrivers. But I, I thought I do you only had ap- to do that for 
upgrade. Well, I guess yeah, to transfer your old memory card over, you Which had to physically issue. take it apart to get in there. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I bought a new memory card for that, but still, yeah, that is kind of sad and ridiculous that that even took place. And there's only been like two games that require it, or maybe more than that. But I know Xenoblade was the only retail game that I think has ever required the new 3DS for anything whatsoever. Yeah, there's been some digital releases that have, but well, and I think I think the actual I think you can only turn on 3D mode in Pokemon with the new 3DS. Hmm. But then so. again. No idea. Who, who, <laughs> who turned on their 3D mode this year? I no. never turned it on, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> Foreshadowing next month's episode. <laughs> but, so, but then then we have Flavor B, and Flavor B yeah, is an okay. interesting thing where it is. That's one way to phrase it. Well, it I think it is interesting to examine. I think we have to kind of look at how it works or doesn't from the very specifically hardware side from the manufacturer side where it's like it is more than a peripheral but still kind of in a peripheral space and we're gonna flash back to good old sega and the good old genesis and the 32x and the cd and then you'd, you'd plug your game genie into the 32x you mean the franken console and then you'd plug your game cleaner into the game genie and then you plug sonic 3 into that and then you I plug sonic when the, and knuckles into that i remember when the just angry so video it was like nerd. four feet tall i remember when the angry video game nerd showed that off it was kind of impressive i gotta say well i mean and also everyone had power it's true. Everyone had their own power supply that you had to manage separately. And I feel like there's a smarter version of the Sega CD that could have had a, well, its own PSU in the, in the video, base. James Rolfe actually shows you what a hot mess the power supply looks like. Well, like I after think, he's plugged everything in, and he's trying to show you kind of what the hell is going well, on with I think this thing. Specifically for the CD, not necessarily the 32X, but the way the CD is actually designed to clamp into yeah. the bottom of your your Genesis. Ge your Genesis. I think they could have incorporated the PSU into the back of that mm -hmm. as an extension of the existing AC adapter for your Genesis. Yeah. I mean, it would probably have ended up running a bit hot, but I think it's way better than having, like, nine bricks sticking out of the back of your Sega console. It was a hot mess. Let's just and that. You, you And, I mean, the 32X is the weird... I think the Sega CD was Sega I, actually I, executing on an idea that three other companies had had. Mm -hmm. And people like the Sega CD. I don't well, know how many people yeah. speak fondly of the 32X. Games. I don't have... I never got a 32X. I had no reason to... The, Sega CD at least had a Shining Force game, two Lunar games, and you know, Panzer Dragoon, the last Wait, good Sonic game. Uh, I didn't, no, not Panzer Dragoon on that. That I, well, not no, one that I played. No, Saturn, right? Yeah, I the only one I played a Panzer Dragoon Saga, so <laughs> that's the only one I cared about. Um, no, I was just confused because I'm like, wait, Panzer Dragoon, right? And it's like, wait, no, that's the Saturn here. Mail, some what working design stuff you could get on there, Snatcher. Uh, things like that. There was a, there were at least games that you could get. Uh, Night Trap <laughs> on Sega CD. I outside of was it is it Sonic and Knuckles or Sonic Three? Whatever the Sonic game is, that's the only 3DX or 32X game that I can even remember because um, I care. I want to so say 32X was all arcade ports. Like that was 
that was what theoretically was going to move the 32x was all these great things that were built on uh, sega's new arcade architecture that you just couldn't put on a genesis without completely borking something about it and bringing that home would have been rad except i don't remember too many people being super keen on those late sega hard uh arcade games (laughs) here's here's the thing i think we're we're dodging all around and going stuff but the new systems that are coming out seem to be the ones that have the most well, I'll, I'll also bring up talk. the connect and playstation move yeah because i mean patches that were useless and nobody really because i mean the connect feels it's it's more than a peripheral because it's so specific and there were games that required it and there was also this weird attempt to make every game use it a little bit you know, just a little Unfortunately. bit. Gar- Garrus, use stasis. No, don't <laughs> no. call mom. <laughs> I-, I just remember yeah. the boob jumping game. That was about it. <laughs> it was not a boob jumping game. You were jumping in the game and you have boobs. Poor Becky and I. <laughs> that was a horrible day. But, uh, oh, and, and, you know, the PlayStation move and it's it's this weird thing where it's clear if it's it's clearly understood that if this succeeds, this will be part of it, the machine. And if this fails, someone gets fired and we never speak of it again. And one of those is the Sega CD and one of those is the 32X. <laughs> Yet they brought back the move for PlayStation VR and they did connect on the Xbox One and killed off connect on xbox one well i think and the move well the move, move did nothing move and now they're using them again well using move controllers for vr is just sony being kind of smart about cannibalizing older stuff because yeah. um even even the move was built on the eye toy for the ps2 yeah and when you talk about it vr psvr itself is just what we're talking about as well it's another add-on to the system that may or may not be successful in the long run lots of people seem bottom and who knows if they're going to do anything else with it well i think chasing vr is just the dumbest thing i I think that could be a whole nother podcast on it well i I don't know what we could prove is relevant for the listener of rpgamer.com but vr is still stupid I'm not going to argue that at all, because I agree. But PlayStation Pro and the Scorpio are kind of what we're moving towards, correct? Yeah, this, this, this is why this episode got on the list now. And now that we know what the PS4 Pro is, and the fact that Horizon Zero Dawn will only run at 60 frames a second if you have a PS4 Pro, you're creating this situation where there's almost a ghetto uh, there, there's this weird ghettoization for your hardware where, you know, you have the console, the easy, the populist gaming machine suddenly saying, oh, oh, you can't drop 500 more dollars on Sony after six years. Well, I guess I guess you just don't get to have as much fun as the rest of us. But we'll still make sure it runs on your machine. I, I think Trent would agree with me here, too. I don't give a crap if it runs and it doesn't run horribly. I don't care if it doesn't run at 
60 frames a second. Mm. I just want something to be fun and enjoyable and not, you know, if it's like a jaggy two frame per second mess, that would be different. Well, I also think we might see the return of those made up of those made up aspect ratios from the early PS4 cycle. You know, when the order is going to sit here and claim that a six, a 14 by 7 aspect ratio is more cinematic and not just them not being able to make a goddamn game. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I would have to agree with Mac in this respect. Um, I, I, in a way, it kind of pains me that the Pro and the Scorpio or Project Scorpio, whatever it is, uh, is is a thing. Yep. I kind of hate that they exist in, in the first place. Because it just goes back to this growing, overwhelming sense of gamer culture being obsessed with teraflops and frame oh, rate God, yes. and resolution and processing power. And I just, I don't know, I, when I was growing up and playing video games, it was about fun, okay? It's well, not about... Super Mario what? already ran at 60 frames a second. You didn't have to think about that. It's just, mm-hmm. I, it, it bugs me. I, I hate that we're so concerned about tech specs now. Like, who cares? Like, let's I focus care, on God making good it. games. Let's focus on making good games. You also play on PC most of the time. So that's where it comes from. That's, you know, you can upgrade your video card to get, you know, two extra frames per second. And you're like, you know, that's cool because you're replacing the video card. You get other benefits with that. With the consoles, it's like I'm having to buy a brand new console to replace my other console. All the games still play on my old console. They just might not play as well. Because guess what? We're going to design for this new console now. I don't give a crap. I'll play it with a lesser frame rate. Like I said, as long as it's not a crappy, crashing mess, I'll be happy. Well, what and happens I'm not going to upgrade when... to a Pro until I have to, or until my current system dies, and well, then I'll replace it with the Pro. What, what right. happens when it's not a frame rate thing or a resolution thing? What happens what's, on the day what's the where change? what what happens on the day where uh, your you have a load time? Uh, you you you're you know you 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 buy it for your regular PS4, mm-hmm. and you know you you just hit these I invisible walls. You, you you hit invisible walls on all the time because it's an open world game and that's what this generation does and you you just have load game... times everywhere on invisible walls what happens when then what... that's a poor design game if you ask me what? if they're not designing it that way if they're designing it for the pro and not for anything else then they might as well just get rid of the original and say, guess what? You're getting a PS5 because that's basically what they're making at that point. They well, just don't and, want to call and, it that. And what, what happens when that. Sony says, hey, we've got enough people on the pro that we don't have to support you original PS4 people at all? What happens when they decide that they have the PS4 Super Pro that also, uh, you know, does only something upgrade, else? <laughs> I'll only upgrade when I have to. What, what, what happens when Sony decides else. to go full cell phone on you? What happens still have, when they decide yeah, to turn into a, Apple about all this? I'm sitting on a cell phone right now that's got two upgrade generations. I've got an LG G3, and the LG G5 is out now. I could upgrade to that, but I have no need to because guess what? My current phone works fine. The new one may work better, but I'm not shelling out that extra money just for something that may run faster or 
you know, do something that <laughs> it's not giving me enough of a benefit. But if you sign I up for five years benefit. of PS Plus, <laughs> we will throw in the PS4 Super Pro, Pro if for only fifty nine ninety five <laughs> for the first three months. Scott, you're killing me. Stop. It, you know it, this will happen. You know someone will do this. Microsoft did this. They gave away uh, 360s if you signed up for Xbox Live Gold. If they were to try that stuff, it would be just kind of a case-by-case thing. But right now, I have zero interest in... I have zero interest in the PS4 Pro. There's not been anything to show me a reason why I would want one. I don't want the Until Dawn VR shooter. I, I don't... That's VR in itself, and screw VR, I don't want it either. And the Scorpio gives me, I have like negative 500% interest in that. If I have 0% interest in the Pro, I have even less interest in the Scorpio. It was all well, I could do. You, you found out it wasn't the Simpsons episode, Hank Scorpio, so you really were out. <laughs> if it doesn't have a hammock, why would I want to buy it? <laughs> it just, its uh, pockets are full of sugar. I know, right? But I'm with Mac. I don't see a reason to jump to the Pro when, to be honest, it's like, ooh, it moves faster. It's shinier. Woo! No thanks. I'm, I'm good with my current system. Until it dies, that'll be the only way I do it. Yeah. Totally with you, Mac. Just, High five. I just, just, yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't care enough about specs. I don't either. If the spec, if it plays well enough and it is just a minimal increase. If there is content that's left out, that's one thing. That's not happened yet. If if and when they say it's not going to, but it believes that, you know, I'll believe it when I actually see it. I just want to play games and I don't want to buy a brand new system that's more expensive than the one I have when I don't feel like I've gotten near as much use out of the one I have as I have prior systems that have been released before. I can understand the stopgap you know they're wanting to do they're wanting to increase power they're wanting to add more to it give give it a little bit longer lifespan uh, that's what happened with the new 3ds too you know except that yeah. one at least had a couple games you could do and but at the same know, time i got one of those because my other system stopped working like console generations are the longest they've ever been yeah like i mean the the gap between the super nes and the n64 was only six years mm-hmm. and now we saw a situation where the con where the last two console generations were functionally 10. Like, yeah. the idea of coming in here and at year five, when, you know, the previous years, we really saw people get their legs down and show off what these machines could accomplish. Like, I mean, the most visually arresting PS3 games came out in the last two years. And now saying, oh, don't even try... Because the real gamers are going to have this one. <laughs> the PS4 was not even three years old when the Pro came out. Yeah. That is too short of a time for me to care because I feel like for you're not even getting into your goggles, swing. For the sake of goggles, right? That's for right. the sake yeah. of goddamn goggles. You're not even getting into the swing of things at year three. You're just, you know. You're still learning. I, yeah, I don't have enough. I, I, I'm fine with my PS4 purchase, but I don't feel like there's so many games out there that I'm like, man, I just, I'm ready for new hardware. No, I'm not. I want to continue on this hardware for a little while longer because guess what? I don't give a crap about the teraflops. Give me fun. See, and this is where <laughs> give me, I'm going to. Give me a Switch. <laughs> but that, that's where I'm going to go in with my disappointment with Nintendo because they are the epitome of let's try to jump the gun on a new console. 
they never mm-hmm. get their shit quite together. Well, and it's to the point where yeah. you get very frustrated with them because it's like the Wii U like is not that old. And I don't feel no, that No, the Wii U's plenty old. There's just nothing on it. Still. I don't feel that they put the effort into the Wii U to make it viable in any way, shape, or form. Well, this it's, is the This will go if, into the next show we're talking about. This is about. next month. Next but, month. Yeah. I do think we issue is only a year older than the PS4. Yeah. But to be fair, in this conversation, it's one of those situations where, you know, we're busting out the Pro and the Scorpio three years into the life cycle when we still haven't quite gotten our feet wet. Whereas Nintendo seems to have this opposite idea that, oh, God, we just need to make a new console because th- this one died. Well, oh, no. Well, ag- again, next month, we're going to talk about how they make money on hardware and that makes them do stupid things <laughs> we're not kind are we well they're I'm, good but next they month have i'm going to explain how those. meat is a terrible insult how about that it's true we had this discussion earlier but but i think nintendo next month but looking at what they're saying for the scorpio and what people believe about the scorpio because those are different beasts i mm-hmm. don't think if anyone's convinced they're going to get a game in 4K that isn't Tetris, you are crazy and don't understand maths. <laughs> you don't want uh, like Tetris in 4K, babe? Oh, I will buy Tetris in 4K because it's Tetris. But but <laughs> the idea that someone's going to be like, oh man, Call of Duty in 4K. Yeah, sure, Call of Duty 2, maybe. <laughs> I'll be enjoying Puyo Puyo Tetris instead. Oh, I'm, on, I'm so keen for that. On Switch instead. So No, just it's coming it. to PS4. It's coming to PS4 too. I know, but I'm playing it on Switch because it'll be portable. Yay, team handheld. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you will play it with two hours of battery life to, to at a be, rooftop fair, balcony party. Matt, this was the man who had to buy Super Luigi, Dr. Luigi... Exactly. And the Wii U, and then he wandered around the house playing Dr. Luigi in his happy place because <laughs> the L pills were cool. L pills uh, are cool. And I'll just say two hours of battery life is fine as long as standby works longer than that. Because <laughs> guess, guess what? I keep things charged pretty easily and have had no problems with anything other than standby mode on systems. I am fine with the 3DS and the Vita's battery life. They've been fine. Standby mode is the problem that we'll have to see if it's any good or if it's crap like the 3DS one or if it's awesome like the DS. But All that's right. a different story. So, so Trent, Scorpio. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's right exactly on. the right answer. I second that. I third that. Come on, Scott. You got to say you fourth it. No, I, I said it first. The motion passed. Woohoo! I- I, you know what? You know what? Though, in as much as I don't really care for the Scorpio, like it, it makes more sense than, than the PS Pro does. You know what I mean? Because other than 4K resolution and a slightly different design, what is it really offering? Uh, any any huge improvements? Well, yeah, it's offering the huge improvement of coming out of the box with the patch that doesn't that frees up that bit of RAM that the Kinect was supposed to use. No, we're talking about the PS4. Oh, no, what well, I'm saying, like, better than... What makes the Scorpio better is that it already has that firmware oh, oh, update. Oh, yeah, yeah. And my motion, whoopity-doo. 
I'm 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 finding the one silver lining in the situation. What do I'm trying to find Don't the cloud and the silver lining. The cloud the cloud's already great. You can put your save files on it. And something uh-huh. I guess that is tangentially related, hashtag PC Master Race, <laughs> is that Microsoft has announced the next round of updates for Windows 10 will have a game mode that makes it run faster. And um, as a guy who already and now I'm like, that's they, they have not described what it does, what it will be or how it works. So I think they're lying to me. But as a guy who has a utility that knocks out a whole bunch of background processes to run games better. Yeah, I can see why you might like that. Meh. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. I say meh. Yeah. Meh. PC Master Race, my butt. Don't care. Look. Hey, more power to you, man. If if that's if it, if that's fun for you, I'm not going to take it that away from you. It is rewarding to know <laughs> that I am the master of my device. <laughs> Ladies that and gentlemen, is, hey, the man I, I married. Wouldn't, I wouldn't take that away from you if you enjoy it. You know, enjoy it all you want. I'm it not going to say it's no for everyone. Repeat. I'm not going to ask everyone to know how to flash a BIOS or whatever. Yeah. Been but there, I'm, done that. I know how to do all that stuff. I just don't care. And it's all about convenience, not... I, that's I, what it is and for I think me, convenience. For me, it, it, I, see what, I see Sony and Microsoft turning their consoles into crap gaming PCs or crap media PCs. And I get frustrated for the users in a little way where I'm like, look, I'm willing to invest my time and energy and money into getting the most out of my entertainment work device thing on my desk. That's me. But for millions of people, a console is the low-maintenance turn it on, sit on my couch option. And what I see Sony and Microsoft doing is not doing either the PC Master Race or the Couch Dweller schlub- Schlubbery any favors. Like, no one is being... No customer is being served better by the PS4 Pro. You're just sitting there exactly. going, do I need to get this... Before Christmas. <laughs> and the answer, as best as any retail person can say, is maybe? Maybe. And to that I say, that particular noise, right? Yeah. Stop. I'm with you there. Yeah. Eh. Yay. Scott is in favor of consumer rights. <laughs> Give it all to us. Give us consumer rights. And make Back. refunds better on the digital stores for Sony, uh, right? That's the next that, That's the next <laughs> hill nice. we have to take. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my kind of final thoughts on just upgrades and console mid-cycle stuff that I'm not opposed to it, but I need more benefits than just specs. And I can agree just, with that. Not just that. I don't know what those benefits would be on a new console these days because I've yet to see anything that will benefit me that I care about. So... Maybe the Switch will have the Kindle app. <laughs> <laughs> no, someone oh. brought that up, and I'm like, no, the Switch should have the Kindle app. I can read my books. It's a good right. size for Kindling. You know you what? Could. I mean, I barely use the majority of the features in my PS4, so I feel like just 
buying the pro is not going to do me any good. I mean, last night was the first time I ever figured out how to make a video. <laughs> just with shits I just like giggles. playing games. Oh, just, that's I just want to play games. That's all I care about on I these do dunkets. too. So I want to play games on them. I was I just like, I feel like making a video about my quadruple kill. Let's do that. Well, it start well it, only because it is the ultimate spite kill. I got hooked. Uh, I got hooked by a roadhog. So can I you make gifts on there. Uh, no, they're no. short. They're short I videos though. Could. They're short, yeah, and if you I've upload them that. to YouTube, they YouTube has a Jife tool embedded into it now. Yeah. Hmm. It was a beautiful quadruple kill. It was worth making that video, even though it took me five minutes to figure out what the hell I was doing. Alright, so Trent. <laughs> no, I kid you not, I was yelling at the TV the whole time, like, how does this work? How, what does trimming do? And Scott was like, you're, you're just ruining it, just stop. <sighs> you know what, I'm, I'm very glad that this Sony video thing has as few tools as it does, because that could hurt. You mean, like, that'd be a huge honeydew? No, it'd be like it'd be like early Photoshop. Oh yeah. But I mean, so Trent, where where you stand on this? <laughs> I I don't much care for any mid-cycle updates for consoles, but I've yet to meet a handheld update I didn't love. <laughs> Even the new 3DS. Even the Game Boy Micro. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I I should smack you for reminding the Game Boy Micro is real. We need I was Kelsey. just talking about one of those earlier today. Do you need I mean, one, Mac? I, I tried one back in the day, and it was too small for my hands, or I felt like I was the way I had to hold it just kind of cramped my wrists. But I'd like to have one now. I just try. I've been trying to play on my Game Boy Advance or my GBA SP, and the R trigger has gone bad on it, and my battery has died. And I get a replacement battery, and I could probably replace the parts. But I was like, hmm, or I could just find a Game Boy Micro. Or you, or right. you could dig your old DS out of storage and play it that way. Yeah. Nah, I don't like playing older games on newer systems. I don't know why that is, but for some reason, unless it's like just virtual console, backwards compatibility is nice on consoles, but for handhelds, like I still play... You, you want the kinesthetics of that I don't know. I just... machine? I still play PSP games on my PSP Go, even though I can digitally get them on Vita and may own them digitally and on PSN where I could play them on either, but I'll still play them on PSP because, well, guess what? I may have other Vita games come out that I want to keep playing and not take up space, and I still have a functional PSP, so I'll just keep it, keep it on PSP. Also, the PSP Doesn't can go in the bathroom on. upstairs, and then the, the PS Vita can stay in the bathroom downstairs, and you're covered. <laughs> priorities i carry him all around right now i'm looking over at my little nightstand on my table and i've it, got a game boy just a machine SP. stack it's a game boy advance sp a psp go my vita my new 3ds and honestly if i was to get a switch i don't know if i'd even hook it up to the tv i may just put it on the dock right here so it can charge and i can take it with me whenever i need to but that's a different story i feel for like time. between you and christy's uh bed stands there it's very different things on them <laughs> Yeah, hers has books and, like, I guess maybe, like, some chapstick and a clock and a picture and some <laughs> nice, and nice friendly ramp. things. Yeah. Uh, See, Scott yeah. and I Mine actually have the same is... nightstand, which is kind of funny to watch. It's mostly yeah, piles we... of books. But, yeah, mine has the 
the TV remote for the bedroom, all those consoles, and I have docks for all of them except the. You know, I don't, not, <laughs> of course not, you do. Mac, do you have a do you have two power bars, Jay Z chained together behind your your uh, bedside table? Actually, no, I don't need it, but still, you know, I've I've got some good stuff on here. I like it. Okay, Yay! So right. feedback. But so the thing I need to tell you before we go to feedback is that for you, dear listener. Uh, Gamefly is offering a free premium 30-day trial to their new service, streaming games directly to your smart TV or their set-top box, supporting a dozen different controller types with 8,000 games right to your home. Um, Minimal cost, great way to try some things out. And tonight I'm going to recommend Xenoblade Chronicles for the new 3DS XL. Because it's topical, like it, it it merges with this idea we've been discussing whether or not this deserves to have a specific console upgrade just for this one game. Check it out at uh, gameflyoffer.com/rpgamer to start your free 30-day trial right now. We uh, did apparently miss one question of our Q&A fest last month. Thank you to everyone again for submitting your questions, but. Our, our dear, dear friend Disa, who left us a review on the Norwegian iTunes store. We love you! For the edification of Norwegians everywhere. Um, Thank would, you. would like to know, uh, Sam, what's the <laughs> Atelier game for a total noob person? Ooh, you know what? Because I'd love to know that, because I have tons of them on Vita, <laughs> and I have yet to play any you of them. You know what? I would argue that the Dusk series. So, so what is Aisha, the name? What is the name of the first Dusk? Aisha. Okay. Would be actually the best place to start because it actually, if you don't like the heavy time limits, which Verona, Totori, and Meruru are kind of notorious for, and you want just kind of a light introduction to that sort of mechanic, um, Aisha's really a great place to start and it's it's a very easy game to just kind of pick up and get into and it gives you all of the atelier tropes in a very simple way with a really good story might I add um, I have a lot of fondness for Aisha just because it was the game I played when my dad died regardless um, it's got all the atelier mechanics in a simplified form you won't feel overwhelmed by it the way if you did playing Rorona, Totori or Meruru and the Dusk series gets progressively more transformed, um, particularly when you get to Shally, which is the latest one that came comes out tomorrow, Tuesday the 17th. Um, Shally, in particular, takes the time limits out completely, which, if you don't like having time limits, good for you! Shally My makes physical it- copy is arriving tomorrow, so I will get to check this out. I'm so proud of you. And... The other nice Maybe. part about the Dusk games is just that they they do feel more self-contained. Even though characters from the different games all appear, you still get enough about each of those characters that you don't feel like you need to have all the background knowledge. Whereas Rorona's problem in that Ar- Arlen trilogy is you kind of do, because they're all really interconnected. Alright, speaking of interconnected, uh, Disa is also the person who is most likely to get our deeply embedded continuity nods teases and uh easter eggs because she listens to these episodes three times each we love you i don't do that and i cut the show (laughs) we appreciate that (laughs) that's pretty impressive we we appreciate your efforts 
But I mean, give me a poke. I can recommend other shows that I like if you wanna. <laughs> we just we appreciate your patronage. Thank you so much. All right. So next month we're going to talk about how Nintendo has always been doomed. Yay! Uh, until I'm, then, of Scott course, and I are going to get Razor um, Blade. It's going to be great. So until then, of course, feel free to visit our forums to leave comments uh, and you can poke us on the twitters. Uh, poke us on the twitters. And, uh, you know, just tell your friends and subscribe to some manner of feed for podcasts. With also, us on Yakuza it. Zero is best Yakuza. You say that every Yakuza. <laughs> it is really best Yakuza this time, though, I swear. You, you say that every time this. I want to give this one five out of five, <laughs> even though I know I can't. <laughs> you know, you could not send the proof version to Glenn and then you could get your score right the way you want it. The Active Topical Banter Show is an RP Gamer production. Visit rpgamer.com for past episodes, comments, sections, other great podcasts, as well as piles upon piles of written content. All music is courtesy of ocremix.com, composed by Nobuo Oimatsu. Thank you for listening. Oh, yeah, I mean, well, it happened. I was kind of awkward about it at first, but now I'm like, yeah, I have no stomach. It's just gone. <laughs> and they and still didn't let you keep it in a jar on your desk? I, I was gonna. They were gonna take my esophagus, but they went in there and found there was more stuff in the stomach. So they were like, well, we can't take the esophagus and leave the stomach with, like, cancerous stuff in there. So they ended up taking that instead. So I woke up, and I was like, where's my jar of esophagus? And they're like, well... About that. We had to take your stomach instead, and it wouldn't fit in the jar you brought us, so we had to throw it away. (laughs) I I would like you to know that Sam is making shoveling motions with little T-Rex arms. Listen, listen. I never he claimed, got rid of them. I never claimed that me and the Vita were perfect lovers. Yeah, we've had it, problems. We've broken up a few times. You know, it's not like I, I, I've, I've changed. The Vita has changed. I think we can really make it work this time, Sam. Can we get started? Sam's impatient. No, oh. she's here to kick ass and drink cups of tea. And she's all out of tea. That and Scott took Lucy Lawless away from me. I didn't. <laughs> Lucy Lawless. <laughs> What were what? you doing with her? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever you do with a Lucy Lawless, we were watching. Do not politely is, and wait, wait, ask wait, about wait, wait, Bruce wait, wait. Campbell. Lucy is is Lucy Lawless the one who played Wonder Woman? No, no. Zena is she, is she the one who played Zena? Yes. Yes. The she one that on, that on, could on, fly on the Simpsons. <laughs> yes. I'm not yes. Zena. I'm Lucy Lawless. She was Ron Swanson's girlfriend on Parks. That's Park. right, and that's the season I'm on, and I screamed uh, at the top of my lungs when I saw her, and Scott was like, I need you to stop right now. Also, this is hilarious. Policy Lawless! No one understands my enthusiasm for her. It's okay. I'm Sam. I am, an, I am a ninja. Are you a ninja? <laughs> I, I am a ninja. I'm Sam, and I'm also secretly Xena. <laughs> I'm Mac, and I'm a ninja. It's nice to meet you. I'm Trent, and I'm dying. <laughs> he assassinated you. You have been assassinated. Catch that ninja.
assassinate. I'm an assassin. Nice to meet ya. I'm sorry. I have like video game, role playing game job systems in my can we head. Please, right? Can we please try that again? No, it was beautiful. Please, please. You Scott just, will edit. You just introduce yourself. Control X is my friend.